Right, Jane, Laura, uh, so we are looking to uh, get the Kickstarter ready for the next season of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, so we thought we'd uh, look at some of the ways that we could make this uh, more of a traditional crowdfunding campaign. Okay, what did what did you have in mind? Well, many of the most successful uh, campaigns that we've had on our platform before uh, have have been uh, things that offered uh, a lot of plastic miniatures. So we're we're thinking maybe six hundred plastic miniatures for the for the Queer and Pleasant Strangers new oh, season. Oh. See, I thought you were going to suggest like two plastic miniatures. They'd be like you know the the two hosts. What? What if, what if what would you even make six hundred plastic miniatures out of? Well, we could probably do one for every single character you'd ever done ever. I I still don't think that's going to hit six hundred. I mean, I don't know. You've done what six skits per episode for two hundred and forty-seven episodes. I mean, I mean, that's going to be a lot of very that that's going to mm, that's going to be a lot of. Uh, not terribly well-defined one-off skit characters. I mean, they don't have to be terribly well-defined. This is this is Kickstarter. We're all about just as much plastic tat as possible. Yeah, not so much here. No. no. What, what, what about uh, just a a, uh, a a campaign, a legacy campaign? Seven thousand extra cards. We'll add. We'll add seven thousand extra cards to it. There were there were cards in our podcast. Y- yes. I didn't well, know we started with cards. Uh, well. No, but what if we added 7,000 cards to it, you know, just so we can really get the weight up there, really get the bloat in? I mean, that's really antithetical to what we're trying to do with the podcast that is just a podcast. Right, right, I'm I'm hearing you. So what about uh, something like a steelbook? Again, I, I wouldn't... You don't need a steelbook for an MP3 that gets automatically downloaded off an RSS feed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What, well, uh, what about... I know some people like physical versions of things we could do a uh, cassette tape a phonograph record a wax cylinder and and maybe a uh, some sort of spirit capture device to literally uh, get the very essence of the podcast right in there um, 250's coming up we really need to get ahead for this i'm i'm really i'm really not digging any of this right so what i'm hearing is 8000 new cards 900 miniatures, the steel book, and and we'll just go ahead and just throw a few more things in there for you, just just to make sure it really, really fits with the, the whole brand and that we at Kickstarter get the absolute most of our uh, 90% that we'll be keeping from your crowdfunding campaign. Okay? Yeah, no, no. Well, go on. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale, and I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast for two queer trans women. That's us. We're we're, we're married wifey types. We do. We we talk about the media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and basically just try and make each other have a bit of a giggle and yeah. catch up what we've been up to. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's been a week. It has been a week. It's barely begun and it's been a week. It's only not, just begun. No preamble. What have we played this week? Um. Well, what have we played? What have we played? I, uh, we, 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 well, you destroyed me at, uh, uh, War of the Rings 2nd Edition. I, I had a good, I had a good game of it. An amazing game of it. (sighs) 
beat me on a, was so close to beating me on two separate fronts <sighs> and and eventually got me on a military campaign which is not really what the free people's specialty is no no so yeah i i'm i had some luck and i had some i'm just gonna stay very quiet and hope you don't notice this and try and jump on some things I waited until you left a couple of strongholds completely undefended and then ran in and, and parked myself on them. Yes. Well, and you didn't. You sort of popped in, grabbed them, and then fucked up Well, again. no, I forgot that you could retake them as easily as you could on the, on one of them, and then <laughs> I started camping them. <laughs> but point, point, yeah, had I realised, I probably would have left some people on that one. But I, I, I found a couple of not terribly guarded places and snuck in and yeah, almost got my win. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad I managed to win that way because, like, I was most of the way up Mount Doom. Yeah. Uh, but, like... You had 12 corruption. I, uh, sorry, oh, you had I, 10 yeah. out of 12 corruption. I had 10 out of 12 corruption and I still had to get two more steps up Mount Doom. And I was like, I do not like my chances of not getting corrupted. Yeah, the minus two in there. Yeah, it existed, but it was... I, I'd been pulling, like, three damage at a time on average out of that, that tub. And I was like... I don't. I really want to avoid that gamble unless I can find a way to get my my damage down. And then military victory became became viable. Yeah. And once once again, it's it's a weird case of uh, of luck when we play games, yeah. where like I was rolling like anything but what I needed, and yeah. you were regularly going, "Oh, I rolled all sixes." It's like cool. I guess I'm completely defeated. Yeah, that 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 did not help your situation because that's the thing is like my on my side my armies are very fragile and very hard to replace and i'm very lucky that not too many of my units got killed because i can't just throw units at the problem yeah but that didn't matter because you were you were barely even like spawning new people in it was just like okay girl cool just gonna fuck you up with my starting armies bye I was like, okay uh, yeah, that uh, did not go well for me, but it's, it's good to get back into the game. It was nice yeah. to replay it again. It was. I realised it was two years since we last set it up. Well, because it popped up uh, in in my memories as as a game we hadn't played in a while. It, but it was not as traumatic a learn. This uh, no. like the relearn was not nearly as bad as the initial learn. We only had to watch it once. Yeah, uh, yeah. We watched the uh, the harsh rules guide for how to play, which. Uh, is I think one of the ways we learnt before. I think we also yeah. previously watched the uh, one other video with some some ideas and some tactics tacked on the end of that. So all in all, I think our first learn was three hours, and then we spent like six hours actually playing the game. And this was what three or four hours total. Yeah. But so so about what about what playing the game is anyway. Yeah. So we yeah, I think we did all right. But yeah, I I hope we get to play more of that because. I like it, but oh, it's it's a bit of a time investment. Yeah, it is. It it certainly is. It's not a quick setup, tear down, or play. Yeah. But also, I've never won a game in the. We've only played yeah. three times, but that's. Uh... I'd I'd be interested at some point to try swapping sides of the conflict. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah. You can show me how it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what have you played? Uh, I've been playing some stuff on my Playdate this week. Yeah, you have. My little, little yellow handheld with yeah. the crank on it. So I've got two new games this week. One of them is called Star Sled, and it is the easier of the two to explain. It is a sort of arcade game. It, it's similar but different to... I talked about last week there being a game that was basically asteroids, but you dashed to break the asteroids. Yes. This is another game where you are controlling a, uh, a ship in space from a sort of top-down perspective, rotating the ship using the crank 
But the gimmick here is that there are these little sparkly stars out in space that you are trying to like draw a trail, uh, like there's a trail coming out the back of your ship, and you're trying to draw a circle around the star to collect it and get your points. There are a certain number, a number of them in a level, and you can't uh, collect more than one with a circle, so you have to be careful like if there's two near each other to like thread between them and make a circle. Starts nice and easy, it's just here's some little arrows on the screen to tell you which direction some of them are in, do a little loop around them. Then you start getting things like obstacles to avoid, enemies that are chasing you, uh, a dash to help you sort of clear distance to get away from enemies. Uh, I just got to my first boss fight, which was a big space station with like little uh, semicircular alcoves in the outside, hmm. and you could sort of fly in and there was just enough space to make a loop around one of these sparkles. But at, after you flew in, uh, there would be like lightning for a few seconds covering the, the entrance. So you had to sort of carefully loop and loop and loop until the lightning stopped and make your escape while the lightning was off. Yeah. And you had to do this around like the various ports around the space station. It is a simple idea, plays really nicely, really good execution of uh, use of the of the crank. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see where it goes because it's already throwing a lot of ideas and going like, cool, we introduced an idea for one or two levels, let's throw you something new to play with. The other one I need to put more time into. It's a really interesting concept, but it is slow and I'm it's I've not it's not clicked with me yet. Is a game called Saturday Edition. Uh, so here's the preamble plot. There is a species of aliens out in space that wanted to make contact with humanity, uh, but they were a very physically fragile species, so they abducted a single human to try and see how things would go, and they got on very well, and the human got on very well with them and ended up being like, you know what, don't put me back on Earth, I'll, I'll just stay here, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, until there is like a big scary regime change on the planet, and oh, no. a new group comes into power who are not pro-human, and uh, in order to keep this human safe, um, some of the pro-human people send him back to Earth. Mm. And this man tries to tell his story upon getting back to Earth, and tries to tell his story of the four years he spent not a... Like, yeah, you will not find any evidence I was on this planet for the last four years because I was abducted by aliens. Mm. And it seems like it is a, a side-scrolling, almost like a point-and-click adventure about uh, a one week period or maybe five days between this guy like going yes i will be speaking to the news and like the news being like yep on saturday's edition we're gonna tell tell his story mm. uh the five days between that and when his story actually goes out and it seems like maybe some people are after him he's maybe talked about some stuff he wasn't supposed to talk about the game starts with police banging on his door and him having to sneak out the window I like a lot of like the concept around it. What I'm struggling with is it is a game with a very slow walk cycle and so far like my first 20 minutes with it were very slowly walk to a location, very slowly walk across a room to talk to a person. Okay, cool, you want a thing from that location? Okay, slowly walk back, slowly walk back, go to the new location, slowly walk, slowly walk. Okay, that place is closed. The slow walk speed is a problem only in that like in this early section of the game. I don't know enough about what I'm doing to know clearly how to solve the problems I'm faced with, mm -hmm. which means I'm doing a lot of backtracking, exploring, trying to click on everything and work out what I've missed, which is a little laborious when you are moving very slowly. My opinion on it might improve. I like the concept. I'm 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 on a little bit of initial hurdle or it's just not clicking. Mm.
Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Uh, we played some Mechanica. Yeah? Which was the little engine building game with the puzzle pieces. Oh, but the things that fall in the hole! Yeah, so you're building a little uh, factory that creates little uh, home assistance robots, like your like Roomba-type things. You start with a very basic thing that makes, makes the most basic type of robot, and a truck that will ship out one robot. Yeah. And throughout the game, you have uh, are adding puzzle pieces to this uh, central board dial thing. And as things go further around, it, it gets rotated at the end of every turn. And as, as things go further around, they get cheaper. And eventually, they get recycled. They fall in a little hole. They fall in a little hole. So the box basically tidies... The game basically tidies itself away, which is really convenient. It's, it's a very cute idea I saw on a... God, I think it was an uh, an Orshucks a couple of years ago, and I was like, that looks like a really fun game. Yeah. And yeah, really, really enjoyed first game of it. We were a bit sleepy, to be honest. It was quite late in the day when we decided to start learning. But yeah, I didn't think I was going to be able to get a copy because it seemed like it was only available from directly from the publisher. And they're American and their shipping was expensive. And then I found it in a clearance sale on Zatu. So I was like, Yay. cool, 20 quid. Yes, please. But yeah, it's um, it's it's a fun little engine building game. I would like to see more of it. There is a an app so that you can have little uh, AR explanations of what all the tiles do. Yeah. And if you do this, you will get an extra friend, or this will create like or upgrade a basic into a, a middle medium level type robot, and you, you yeah, eventually creating different types of robots or upgrading them or duplicating them. It's a really cool idea for a game and and it's i don't know how much how replayable it's going to be because there's only i think like seven different types of like tile to go in there i i feel like there there's a good degree of replayability in that depending on what you have available to you and when in the early game mm. is really going to determine like the shape that your early uh, factory takes yes. and that is going to determine a lot of your like where you spec things later I feel like it might be a game you could actually solve, potentially. Because there is every possibility that you could get to a point where you know the game so well. It's like, okay, I always want to put this in this sort of position. Like, I always... Like, the duplicator. It came out quite late. Hadn't seen it before. Didn't really know how it would would work. Like, if you left a space at the front of your factory Mm. to put one in and go, okay... This is always going to pump out and and drop three basics from from my basic creation position, and then like later on work out other other things to sort of go around it. I mean, like I feel like you could get to that stage, but to, to a degree, but also like that is banking a lot on the fact that you will be able to get those pieces when they come up, and someone else won't in in place. Yeah, and that you won't have turned up something that would have been good or better than nothing that could have been mm. there yeah probably easier in two player but in i think it plays up to four or five i know four because there's only four baseboards nice nice dual layer board little bit curvy it is starting to curl a little bit but that's i'm finding that more and more with dual layer boards mm. so pop them under something heavy and hope for the best uh but yeah that, that's that's a fun little game i look forward to playing more of it but um from what i played so far very much enjoyed mechanica yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Um, what else have I played this week? Oh. Um, uh, we played some more Vagrant Song together. We did. We got through a, a like 
what, two or three more missions of that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so we've started to get a bit more choose-your-own-adventure-y with it. Yeah. What I will say as we've gotten further into this game is I do really like mechanically some of the ideas for missions we've had, but I also feel like this game does a poor job of explaining its mechanics when it's doing something different to the usual rules. Yes. And at least part of that is it will do a thing that isn't normally how the rules work and then not explain it and go, at some point, a thing will happen and we'll tell you what's going on, which, like, I understand what they're going for, but it can lead to some frustration and some confusion going, wait, what is, what are, with understanding your basic win and loss conditions and, like, what the game state is until it has happened. Yes, and understanding what is meant by certain positions, uh, certain things. Like, even when we looked up FAQs online Mm. to find, like, what other people were saying about it, it's like, yes, other people have said this is confusing too. They said, don't worry about it, you'll understand when you get there. I I worked it out from context, but there was never anything solid saying, oh, this is what this thing is now. It, It doesn't do a good job of going... Unlike previous missions, this mission we're going to set up differently. This will happen when this happens. Don't worry about the consequence, but like this is the direction it'll be going for now. I think for me, it was that first one. So at the end of every mission, you have this thing called uh, the camp phase. During the camp phase, you can like heal up, uh, buy new stuff, purchase new skills, maybe save some money for, for future things. And then you do this thing called witness the in-between which is you draw a card and it's just the next card from the deck and you read the sort of scenario on the front i think we talked about this a little bit last week you pick uh from three possible options Mm. and you proceed and one of the things we got to was a basically like a very much choose your own adventure do you do this this or this cool flip to this page or this page or this page depending on what your choice was and that was nice from a point of view of hey we're going to experience this in a slightly different branching way and that's quite interesting i'm not sure exactly i'm not sure if we're going to go back and potentially have more options to explore places Hmm. Uh, like will will certain options not be available later on as a way of going hey you can maybe explore some of the bits you missed previously and we'll, we'll work back to that don't know can't say I know that there are cards that are in one of the wrapped decks at the beginning, and most of those cards are stuff you need for general gameplay, and some of them are like, hey, don't look at these too closely or do much with them, just put them to one side, they will come up later. But the thing that frustrated me, certainly with the the first one, they decided that something that had a very specific name yeah wasn't called that anymore it's like okay well is this because it reacts differently or do, does things differently and it it kind of did it it's yeah. uh, like i don't i'm trying to talk around spoilers yeah. a little bit but it was frustrating of going so this isn't that thing that we we usually encounter oh 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 okay and it, it doesn't react in the same way but it does react partly in the same way but but only half of that and there's also a bunch of other mechanics. And then the one directly after that was, cool, there's all this other stuff going on. You've got all of these places to you need to investigate. And the uh, win condition, we're not really going to explain. 
and it got yeah. to a point like where we'd been playing it for about an hour and I we'd explored all but one event token and I was like I I just everything seemed so unlikely yeah that that like because the, the the basically you have uh, um you can put like you're told to during setup to put tokens on various tracks sometimes tokens go in um the bindle where you draw out your regular tokens for uh, like items you'll pick up generally and sometimes there'll be some scenario specific ones that will just be like here is a number token it goes in the bindle if you draw it out by random chance you get that thing yeah and the only thing left on the board was break the hang x number of times to dis- discover this yeah and it was like this doesn't seem like that would ne- like i can't see how narratively that leads to w- what we're supposed to be doing and it literally just led to okay, well, with that that that's now happened. Read this thing, okay. Well, that's generated a, a new event on the board, but that also doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, well now we've got that. That actually seems like a red herring and actively bad. But like, the thing is, in hindsight, I like a lot of what that mission was trying to do. Yeah, I I love it, but it was it was quite confusing. Going like I, I need to understand where the end point is, and it's like we're yeah. not telling you. Like, I think maybe I like a little bit more explainer of, hey, in this game, like, yeah, sure, do use the thematic story bit at the beginning. And then go, in this round, uh, or on this part of the game, assuming you've just come here, because maybe there are other ways to get to that point in the game, and maybe these things are already explained at that point. But if this is your first time encountering this thing, just a little explainer of, like, this is a different thing. Don't worry, all will become clear once you've experienced every single thing on on the board. I'm enjoying it, but if we passed it on to other people to play, I would go, if you're ever unsure of how a mission sets up, just message us, we'll explain to you what's going yeah, on. Or, or just like write a little fact to go in the phone, like, don't worry, these things will be explained. Okay, for this, for this sort of mission, this is going to happen, and, and that will be a bit different. Trust the process. Yeah. And maybe that's the thing. Like I, I was struggling without a rigid boundary for the, for the game, mm. and apparently just didn't want to tell me that. It just wanted to be a bit like, "Hey, it's the mystery." That's fair. It's fair, but I, yeah, I'm still gonna keep playing. Still gonna fight on and find out what do. Well, what about you? What have you played? Well, I will mention it a little here, but I will get into how I got to this point in the watched segment this week. I made it. I I've I've been learning how to make games for the play date. Oh heck! Uh, very 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 basic learning, but uh, I've been learning play date game making. Yay. Uh, so there is a there is a neat online browser based tool that if you own a play date, you can use for developing play date games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is part visualizer and part uh, scripting in something called Pulp Script, okay. which is very. If this, then this conditional parameters. Yeah. It's set up, set up a parameter, increase number by it, by X, uh, by whatever, yeah. when things happen. But you've also got a visual element where it's like, 
I've got a little program within this that I can use to draw my little bit of pixel art and I don't okay. have to code where this item is going to be on the screen. I can look at what the screen looks like and I can just take that, that item I've made and drop it there and make it. Okay. A... So a bit like, like click and play and game factory and yeah. uh, multimedia fusion. Uh, but then you've got like the sort of benefit of being able to go like, cool, that tile that's on that map screen that I'm looking at right now, I can click on it and click script and here is the object specific script and it's taken me straight to it. Cool. So... I made a little test game that currently exists. It's on the Playdate. Oh, heck. Yeah, it's over here. That functionally... So it's a top-down little adventure game. Okay. Uh, there are spikes that go up and down out of the ground, and oh, if no. you touch them, you, you lose health. Oh, no. uh, there are some enemies bouncing back and forth across the room, and if you touch them, you lose health. Huh. Uh, I got the health to display as little hearts that go from a full heart to a half heart to an empty heart uh, across them. Oh, heck. There is uh, keys that you can pick up, and it adds to a little key counter in the top right of the screen Yee. that you can use to open locked doors. Oh, heck. And I made a Playdate-specific mechanic that I worked out how to do all by myself, and this was, not, this was not something from the tutorial. I worked out how to make it so that there is an item in the first room that is a little mini playdate you can go pick up. Right. And once you have the playdate, you can turn the crank on the playdate to refill your health if you've taken damage. <laughs> um, right now, there is no limit to how much health you can you can give yourself. Right. If you've taken damage, you can fill your health back up. And then when you reach full health, it doesn't fill up any further. Yeah. That was originally the problem. It would let me. It would let you give yourself more health than your health bar had. Right. And I thought for a while that I'd broken the ability to take damage, but what had actually happened is I'd cranked and given myself more health than I uh. appeared to. So I would take damage and it was lowering a number, but not getting low enough to yes. have my hearts go down again. Yeah. I've got things already that I'm like, I, I didn't add a sound effect. I want to add a sound effect when doing the crank to, okay. to refill your health, like a little... Refill your health thing, oh. but I have a little thing. Hey, look at you. It says LKB on the screen of my playdate, and then when I pull it up, I've got a tiny little screen here. Oh, heck. You can run around with the D-pad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got the playdate. Use the crank to heal damage. Whoa. Yeah. And then there's, a, there's a keys and things, and there's a second room and a little flag that ends the game. Or if you run out of health, you die. But it's a functional game. It is technically playable on a playdate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I am playing it. Is the peach at the end? Uh, yeah, it's meant to be a flag, but I couldn't work out a better way with that resolution to make it look like a flag. I tried to make it flutter originally, and I couldn't work out how to... You win! Yeah, I needed to work out... Like, I could do two frames of animation, but I couldn't work out how to make the second flame uh, frame of the flag look more like a fluttering flag. Ah. Uh, but... It's functionally a game that works. Yeah, it is. And the first time I played with that. Yay! Well, I, I hope that... That was my first playdate experience. Your first playdate experience was my barely a game, but there it is. It was a game. Yeah. I played it. I, Things it, happened. It had mechanics. It had mechanics. It, it technically works. I worked out how to make the, the sort of enemies that are bouncing back and forth on the screen. Yeah. How to make them, if they hit a wall, start going the other way and make a little bounce sound when they hit the wall. Yeah. There's a sound effect when the spikes go in and out the floor. Yeah. I made, a, I made a playable thing. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And I am already thinking about like what I could do differently. Because I was thinking about like cranking as a health restoring mechanic and then being like, what if you made a game where deliberately you either couldn't avoid taking damage or it was very hard to avoid taking damage? And what if the, you were automatic, like if you were poisoned? I, I, maybe, maybe being poisoned or maybe just something like there is a maze and like there is... 
if you correctly, like, very quickly move through it, you will get to a safe spot with a little bit of health left so you can crank your health back up and then try and do the next bit. Uh-huh. But if you, don't, like, ah, you, 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 you didn't get through it quick enough, you ran out of health, so, like, trying to maybe make it, like, use the health going down as a like as a, essentially a timer mechanic oh. like there i had some thoughts and i'm like i could play around and make something what playable if your he- health is represented by like canned spam <laughs> and you have to like un- undo the can in order to to, to <laughs> take take you take your health yeah <laughs> i i i like the idea of like trying to work out some mechanic with the crank that i like and that being something i i yeah. built a little experience around but i i functionally got all the stuff to work i need to work out how to make a title screen and how to do, like, can I make checkpoints so that if someone dies, they go back to a checkpoint rather than back to the start of a game. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm working it out. I'm What's learning. a good start? I'm learning. I, I learned. I worked out enough today to when I was having problems with my code that were things that, like, the, the video I had watched to learn from, like, didn't explain. Yeah. I was able to problem solve and debug my own code. Yeah. And go, aha, that's the problem. I failed to uh, use an uppercase U uh, right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I- Case sensitivities. Does Is it one of those things that, uh, well, I mean, if it's not typing at all, you don't really have to worry about things like, I left a semicolon out. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, a, there's, a bit of ty- there's a bit of typing involved. Okay. Um, but, like, it's... Uh, the, the, the thing that I find useful is this does a lot of, like, when you're in the script editor, it'll automatically do certain structural things for you to be helpful. Mm. Like, it'll automatically put end in the appropriate number of times it needs to have, like, the the uh, things close off. Yeah. It will let you know, it, like, which... If there's an issue on a line, it will let you know which line is causing the problem and right. somewhat what the problem is. There is a good degree of, if you've written something and it, like, isn't going to function, um, like, it, it doesn't make sense code-wise. Right. It, like, you try and click off the window, it will go, like, no, this code will not... Like, you don't have to boot it to find out it won't work. It's yeah. like you click off the window and it's like, no, nah, that code won't work. Yeah. Like, right now, that there is something... It won't catch things like you misspelt a, a variable you named and you've, like, yeah, misspelt yeah. it here, uh, necessarily, because it might think you're going Creating to write variable, it, create yeah. a variable of that name later. But it will catch, like, okay... There's something wrong with this line uh, in which you maybe didn't put a space between the greater than symbol and the value right. or something like that. It's it's specific enough with the errors that I've not had too bad a time troubleshooting it. Nice. So yeah. It's interesting because I was on um, Ichio the other day just yeah. going, I've not really looked through Ichio storefront, let's see yeah. what do. And the number of Playdate games I saw yeah. and I was like, that's really cool. I am waiting until I have finished season one before yeah. I start downloading other people's games. But I just, I needed a distraction today and yeah. I've wanted to learn to code for a while. And like this, this is enough of a thing where I'm like, it's a little silly thing I want to play around with. I feel justified in spending some time learning to make things for the little tiny little game box. Yeah. Ah. What about you? You played anything else? Uh, not really. No, it's not really been very played. Yeah, it's not. It's not been a hugely played week. No. Were you anything else? Ah, uh, no. I think that's it for play for me as well. Well then. Time for this. Do you struggle with labels in clothing? Yeah. Do they make you feel uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Well, try the new label gun. It removes labels from clothes. Oh, yes. That's right. Just completely gone. Just point it at the label and boom, gone. 
That whole label's just gone. There's no worry about carefully pulling things apart. No worries about the seams splitting. No worries about whether you're actually causing damage by just trying to get rid of that damn uncomfortable label. Oh my god, thank you. It also works on self-imposed labels. Do you feel like you're an imposter? Bang! I gone! Oh, yay! Have you ever said anything like you're not worthy? Not good enough? Yeah. Bang! Gone! Those oh. labels are gone! Oh! That's right, order now and you can get the Seam Stealer! It removes uncomfortable seams from clothing. Uh, uh, yes! Do you, are you worried about like where the, the two bits of fabric join? That's not a comfortable texture. Oh. What if that wasn't there at all? Oh, this, everything is good here. The Seam Stealer! Just completely gone, completely removed from clothing. And reality! Does it seem like a nice day out? Bang! It's a nice day out! Does it seem like a good idea? Bang! It's a good idea! Does that person seem nice? Bang! They are nice! Yay! Yay! That's Label Gun and the Seam Stealer. Check them out today, just 1995. This is a public service announcement. An announcement for the public. Today, we are letting you know your trans friends will not be issuing you a I'm not a transphobe card. That is correct. They don't care if you're one of the good ones or if you have a really good reason for wanting to cross the transphobia picket line. You will not be issued a free pass to opt out of guilt. Indeed. If you feel guilty about your actions, maybe don't ask for permission to do those things anyway, but consider maybe you feel guilty because you shouldn't be doing the thing. Exactly. LA ship is not always about doing the easy thing. It's about doing the right thing. And if your morals disappear the moment that they are challenged, then perhaps they weren't real morals. Indeed. So, <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? What have we put in our eyes, I suppose? Oh, we watched a film together. We did. We watched Spiderhead. We did. Ah, uh, how, how to explain Spiderhead? It's a film about... Possibly very unethical testing of uh, trial pharmaceuticals on yeah. prisoners. It the 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 basic premise I think is, what if you, as a person who is being sent to prison, were offered, we could send you to a prison that is like really nice, like you could have like nice meals and a room to yourself and like no locked doors and it's like it's very chill and casual and friendly and nice. We will like routinely test medications on you and chemicals on you and find mm. out what they do and you will be like a medical test subject but like outside of that you'll have like arcade machines to play on and like yeah. you know you'll be very like nicely looked after and your life will be like pretty chill Yeah, just you know sometimes we're going to inject you with weird shit and if that sounds like a recipe for you know uh, exploitation of people who are in a position where they really have no other choice but to, to do what you say you'd be right you'd be right uh, Chris Pine? Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is very good in it. I think this is the first time I've seen him in anything where he's being sinister. Yeah. And, and he did it a lot better than I expected. Yeah. It's, it's, this is one of those stories where, like, I don't think the end result is, like, necessarily too, gonna catch you too much off guard. But what I think this film excelled at was its performances and the journey to get there. Yes, because actors required to do quite a lot of very intense acting in in short bursts in different ways as they are doing. Like, hey, this you're trying this drug now? Are you yes. trying this drug now? I, 
I don't think it's too spoilery to say a lot of the drugs involve impact on mood and how a person behaves. I mean, that's in the trailer. Yeah, so. that, that, that's what I'm saying. And like, I, I think that the sheer range of like emotional extremes performed by yes. the same performers is really impressive. I think they did a great job. They did a good job of like playing very sincere extreme emotion without it seeming too caricature-ish. Yeah, yeah I think they did, did a really good job of it. I th- It feel, felt like one of those films that probably had quite a, a, a low budget because it's a lot of it is done in like a couple of rooms. Yeah. There's not like a huge amount amount of like big outdoor stuff yeah and where it is it's like a little bit at the beginning a little bit at the end like i don't know how much that like budgetary that required but like it felt like one of those ones that was just like a a good like focused film that they managed to do a a good amount with just through storytelling and and great acting most of the film was maybe four four key actors and some some extras in the background a couple of key locations that were like fairly visually simple and some things stuck on people's backs that lit up and you could put little glass tubes in. Yeah. And like, yeah, it seemed like it was like, it made a lot out of out of the budget it had, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, I, and I think they did a great job. Yeah, re- really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it, it. It ended very strongly. Yeah. Strong end. Yeah. And strong ramp of tension, like especially that last half hour. Of yeah. like, oh, oh, hmm. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, I, 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 as much as I may have seen some of the beats, I, there was enough that I didn't see coming that I, I very much enjoyed it. I think also just the way it was done yeah. was enough to, to carry, even when you did go, oh, I reckon I know what's happening here. Yeah. It's, the execution was still enthralling and captivating. Yeah. Yeah, real good film, that. Yep. Enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. What about you? What do you watch this week? How was my watched? Well, uh, the only thing I, other thing I really watched was, as I alluded to before, uh, I watched some videos learning Pulp Script. Yeah. Uh, so on uh, the YouTube channel Squid God, uh, I watched Pulp Script, A Beginner's Guide, and Making an Adventure Game for Playdate. Yeah. That was basically it. That was basically it. Yeah. 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 Good, informative. Good. How long are we talking? Like an hour? So, hour? um, both videos were like maybe 15, 20 minutes okay. long each, but Considering obviously... Like, so with half an hour's programming language, you managed to make a, a passable yeah. game. So I say, I say, I say that that's 20 minutes if you just sit and watch the thing. Yeah, for, yeah. for the making a play, uh, adventure game for Playdate, I will say this video... Well, the cri- one criticism I would make of this, like, it did teach me all the information I needed to know, but it did a lot of trying to get me to run before I could walk right. a little bit. And I had to, at the end of the process, really go back and work out why I'd done a lot of the things I'd right, done. Yeah. Like, a, a good example... Type of- this in, why? <laughs> uh, so the problem was, is like, rather... Th- I-, I think where it really struggled was, uh, a lot of times... He would be on part of the coding that would be like, when you touch this spike, uh, take one damage. Right. Like, something like that. And he'd go, I could show you here right now how to make that spike do one damage, but instead we're going to go make a universal variable for damage and go do this over here. And like, I... N- okay, so you're making, yeah. like, overall routines and then it would be a call to that routine. Yes, which... I understand why he's doing it, but he skipped over the step of, like, what I think he needed to do at the start is go, 
if you were just going to program a variable on this specific thing in isolation, here is how you would do it, but we're going to delete that and show you how to do it in a way that, like, will apply more broadly. Like, he's, he's, he, yeah, he jumped over the specifics and was like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start building an overall rule without really explaining to you how that overall rule works. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see ways you might do it which would be so it's so you're starting on the PC and then moving it on to Playdate, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and then you've got like I guessing like some text input stuff there and like just a screen of the what Playdate screen yeah. will be showing so you. There in is the the, there about. is a pause base uh, like a paused game state shown on a little Playdate. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to a uh, a section of scripting per object or per of like overall for game. Yeah. Uh, and you can open in browser a like the current build of your game and mm -hmm. play it in browser as it okay. will work on on real hardware. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Um. So yeah, I guess probably the way I would try and work around something like that is go. Okay, we're gonna code this into the spike, but that's not really good practice. So yeah. what we're gonna do is we're gonna copy and paste that. We're gonna move it over here to to global rather than. Uh, yeah local to to that specific object and then we're gonna make like a hey this is a thing and then on the spikes i guess you're putting a call to yeah send one it's, damage to it, yeah health. it's it, it's a video that is trying to teach you the right way to do some of these coding things before it has taught you the basics of how to function like it because i feel like what this this tutorial lacked and what i had to sort of go do myself was yeah when I wanted, after the tutorial, to bodge in a mechanic of my own, right. I hadn't really been given any examples of, this is how you do a very basic thing in isolation just to check a mechanic works. Right. Like, if you're not trying to make an overall global rule, like and like a big overarching thing that'll work everywhere, you're just like, does this work the way I think it does? Yeah. I need to be able to just, on a single individual object, go... Do this thing. Does it work? Cool. Okay, I'll work out like the smarter way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and he does a lot of like he'll he'll tell you what to type without necessarily explaining the why terribly right. well. So it was a lot of like I would do a thing, see it working, and then go, cool, I'm gonna sit with this code for a minute yeah. and pause and go, what is that doing? Why is it doing it? Do I understand what's happening? Yeah. Um but like there, there, there were points in it where I was like, okay, I, I can copy this thing to here and then tweak it. Ah, yeah, it's, the tweaks are working the way I thought, and mm -hmm. like that's where I, where I got more help was once I had the basics down. Going cool, can I change things from what he suggested and not break it? Mm. And if it does break, roll it back and go, why did that break? Yeah. And that's where I'm like really feeling like I'm picking stuff up. Yeah. And is the uh, dev environment, is that free? Is that something you just get from the Playdate uh, it is. It is free. Uh, I, be I, I don't know if you have to have the Playdate for it to be free or if it's just free for everyone. Okay. I think it's free for everyone. But yeah, there's either a, there's, there's an SDK that you can download to do more traditional coding and just do code by itself and load it into a virtual Playdate uh -huh. uh, on your PC and test it there. Or the little online browser environment, which mm -hmm. has those those visual tools that are really nice. And then you can either load it onto the Playdate via USB, or 
if you've you've got a Playdate already, you can upload it to your Playdate account, and then you open up your Playdate. It's like, you've got a new game available. Is that one you just made? Oh, heck. It downloads the way the other ones do as a little present. I'm like, that thing I made is a little present. A gift from me. A gift from me. Yay. And it's something, look, that's no more practical than using a USB cable, but it's kind of charming having like, oh, I got a little present from me. Yay. So yeah, I've been learning Playdate and, and Pulp Script. Nice. It's adorable. functionally working. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So yeah, that's everything I've watched this week, really. Well then, time for this. Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you need some way to get slightly less than the legally required maximum of caffeine into your body in a liquid? I mean, the next week and a half are going to be very busy for me, so yeah... Then try Crimson Method Energy Fluids! Uh, oh! That's right! From the people that brought you Crimson Method Energy Gel comes a whole new range! Bubblegum Brain Tsunami! Behemoth Sweat! Synaptic Frenzy! Tactical Fusion Matrix! Those all sound like flavours! They are! There's even Nuclear Blue Raspberry Tornado! I mean, though, some of those words have flavours associated with them. Blue. Delicious I mean, blue. Look, for, me, for me, yes. With the, yeah. with the synesthesia. Yeah, that's great. So do you want that and almost enough caffeine to kill a person? I mean, as long as it's almost and not definitely, then yeah. Legally, one microgram below the maximum uh, allowed allowance. I mean, below is still below. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a micron, a micron below what what is gonna kill you. I mean, that's that's probably fine, right? Yeah. Probably drink several of those a day without problems. Yeah. Yeah, and also crimson method method energy gel. Gotta love how you just really just pour that can up and then just wait for it to drip. Yep. The sensation of it almost burning through your tongue. Mm mm mm. That's the taste of sugar and caffeine in a range of vibrant colours. Crimson Method Energy Liquids, because... Ah! Deadlines. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been hearing some numbers from the people in, uh, in finance. Right. And, uh, we've, we've been, we got a little slap on the wrist this week. Okay, how bad? Okay, so so let me, let me, let me, let me give you the context. Right. Well, okay, look, I'll, I'll tell you how... It's not as bad as it sounds. Right. We we did get fined $8 million. $8 million. And she's like, that's not great. That is money that could have been in our pocket. That's like 4% of my bonus. Right, thing. right. But like, look, here's why it's not so bad. Right. It was our punishment for you you remember what we were doing with the uh with the uh the the really scammy microtransactions we were doing where we oh, yeah. we lied about the uh what the rates were for getting the, the rare drops from the loot yeah, boxes yeah, yeah. and like yeah, you know yeah. we said it was a one in a hundred chance but it was actually one in a hundred thousand yeah and we, and we kept turning it down sp- for specific yeah. players who we knew we could you know extract yeah. more money from so like yeah. no one else gonna hunt that so whale. we 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 scammed like what uh Three hundred million out of the player base. Oh yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what the eight the eight million dollar fine. Right, 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 right. That's so it's whole... just an admin fee for the for yeah, the three hundred yeah. million. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. It's like you know how right. you know how poor people say you're not allowed to you know park in certain places. And right, like, you know yeah, we yeah. say to them, ha ha ha. There's just a fee for parking there. You yeah, know? I mean uh, you can't park yeah, there. I that, can pack yeah, park Yeah, thousand dollars is just what you pay to park there. Yeah, and that's you know? just you know reasonable reasonably par- price parking in the exactly. city. Exactly. So like what I'm learning from 
from the, the guys in finance is, yeah, we lost 8 million, but we earned 300 million and only had to pay 8 million of that back to say sorry. So right. I vote we do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the uh, the the state that uh, that issued that fine, that that processing fee, they're uh, they're uh, contributing again this year, aren't they? I mean, let's hope so. You are a fucking genius. I know. So <gasps> what have you put in your ears? I listened to a couple of songs from a new band I hadn't heard Ooh. before. So the band is called um, A Marionette. Um, a Marionette? It looks like the word marionette, but with an A at the start of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the the track I found first was a track called Baddest. Uh, very playful, intricate rock with some, like, funk influences. Nice. Real good diversity of cast me- uh, of band members. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song is just, like, a fun, upbeat track about two people who are really into each other physically. Trying to capture that, uh, that excitement of, Oh shit, you're into me too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Lots of, like, funky little electronic sounds alongside the sort of more traditional guitars. Yeah. Uh, the other track by them I listened to was called Modern Disco. Uh, in this one, vocally, there's a lot of, like, early Michael Jackson-style, like, v- uh, vocal intonations uh, going on. There's a lot of, like, pronunciations of words that feel similar to, to, to that. Audibly, there is some, like, disco sounds mixed in with Ooh. some, like, quite fast, intense rock. Disco. Really enjoy this this band's sound. I wouldn't compare... I, I'm going to make a comparison to a band. I wouldn't necessarily compare their sound, but their like vibe and energy of their tracks. Um, kind of similar to Planet Booty. Like, uh, there is a sort of, like, playful, not taking itself too seriously nature to the way they're sort of mashing up genres and playing around with genres. Yeah, yeah they, were pretty, they were fun. They've got a unique sound. I, nice. I enjoyed them. Uh, what about you? You listened to anything this week? Um... It's something I've listened to repeatedly for several weeks now, but I keep forgetting to mention here for some reason, even though we have a whole section of things we've listened to. Apparently things we've had earworming for weeks on end didn't really make it in. But uh, I want to mention Angus the Prize Winning Hog by the Toxards, which I first encountered on TikTok, gosh, about a month ago, and then it has sort of repeatedly bounced around my head since then, to the point where it's like I've just I'm gonna have to listen to it to get it out of my head cool that sated me for 20 minutes <laughs> I need you to give, give me the pig occasionally <sighs> during live streams just like finding myself humming it <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah Angus the prize winning hog Angus the prize winning hog it's the video is the music video for, for that is it's, fucking wild it's intense there's it's, a lot happening yeah like it starts off as like a, a children's book type thing it's got a real sort of uh, like umpa band rhythm to it, and then it goes into some more rock, and then very metal. It gets almost operatic for a moment, and then there's like some pretty intense metal during the whole butcher man scene, and and then it it's got this sort of just beautiful ramp down, and then back into the the storybook stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I've been. Really enjoying that. I've listened to, to uh, a couple of their other songs so far. I haven't, I couldn't name any of them yet. But yeah, I just thought I should finally give that a mention because it's it's a fun jam to listen to, and the music video is fucking wild. Uh, but yeah, that's that that's the the important thing I've listened to. I've also been catching up on podcasts, but we talk about catching up on podcasts a lot on this show. Yeah, so I don't think they need to know any more of that. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, we did listen to. 
What? Listen to our appearance on Talking to Women About Video Games. We did. We were on Talking to Women About Video Games yeah. with the lovely Jonathan Holmes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's out now. You can watch it as a video with, like, see us on camera. Talking on camera. to the lovely Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> as Jonathan is confused by everything in our living room. Just constantly like, oh, you have so many things. You have so many on. things to look at. Yes, I have ADHD. I need constant stimulation. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, that's up on the uh, talking to women about video games YouTube channel. It's um uh, the I think the the SoundCloud is already out as well now, so you can check that on the usual channel. So yeah, you can you can you can see all that stuff. Uh, have you listened to anything else? Ah, uh, no, that's it for me, really. Well then, <gasps> I do this. Are you a trans person? Yeah. Are you a trans person who's known on the internet? Yeah. Are you being required to have opinions about things? Uh-huh. You may be entitled to compensation. Tell me more. The trans opinion compensation scheme might be right for you. That's right. If you've been required to have an opinion about absolutely anything at all, simply based on the fact that you're trans, have you had things spoiled for you? Yeah. Have, have you had information spoiled for you? Have you been forced to rush through content you were really enjoying, just relishing? Yeah. Have you been forced to watch things that are absolutely horrible just so that you can give your opinion because you're expected to have an opinion about everything? Yeah. Then try the trans opinion compensation scheme. You may be entitled to some cash. That's some cash from the trans opinion compensation scheme. Jada checked out now. Okay, guys. So, uh, I've uh, got all the tour dates all sorted now we're all booked in so we'll probably be spending most of the uh the rest of uh, of spring we'll probably be buzzing around uh mostly up the way down down the west coast and then you want to sort of be heading across and, and and up the east coast then we're probably going to head into canada for uh, uh, a few weeks we're going to just like bumble around Canada, or I guess we'll probably head into Alaska at that point as well, at which point we'll, we'll bounce across across the pond there and we'll, we'll hit Australia, New Zealand, and then, you know, we'll probably end up just in the UK, we'll do a couple of, couple of gigs there. Is that it? There's, there's other countries in the world. Well, those, those are the only ones we can go to, though. No, we can go. We can go to other countries. Well, uh, I mean, how, how, how would we go about that? I mean, we would, for example, fly on a plane to France, go sing our songs while being in France. But I don't know any of the songs in French. You don't have to. People in France have been listening to the songs in English. We only ever recorded them in English. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we would play them in English, the language we've always played them in. Oh, But in France... I mean, just, just they, they know the songs in English. Yeah. They don't, you can go there. Oh, there right. are other bits of the world than the English-speaking right. bits. Oh, well, you know, we can, I guess we'll look at, like, you know, uh, other, other bits of the world in, you know. Um, so France, yeah? France. Yeah, okay, I'm going to have to look into this a bit more then. Yeah, for, thanks for, you know, letting me know. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Harry. Right, Harry. How you doing? Oh, you know, 
It's uh, it's gonna be one of them weeks, mate. It's gonna be one of them weeks, indeed. Yeah, you you been up to much? Uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been trying to stay away from the internet this week. It's been a lot, but I've yeah. been uh, I've been unfortunately seeing a lot of people planting their uh, digging their heels in on some pretty bad takes. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, particularly around allyship. Yeah, well, it's been it's been one of those weeks where uh, the people who consider themselves allies or you know talk about their their allyship a lot or, or perhaps branded themselves allies have well, uh, yeah. decided that um what if it was difficult now because you know there's a thing they really want to do that's connected to someone who's very problematic and yeah. is going to fund problematic people and you know not even just you know necessarily trans people but you know other types of allyship as well, you know. If you are someone who says that you're you're a friend to the the Jewish community, you know, you probably don't want to get involved either. And, yeah, and it yeah. seems like a lot of people just uh, there's like, oh, but I really want to play that one game and. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's not great. Yeah, mm-hmm. specifically, I've been seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot of people while trying to defend their uh, their uh, actions uh, this past yeah. week, trying to trying to defend actions they know are going to upset uh, specific minority communities. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot with the trans community. I've been seeing a lot of people going, "Oh no, no, I'm I'm doing the thing that the community doesn't has asked me not to do." But like, I'm a self declared trans ally. I yeah. I'm I I, yeah. I support trans people. Therefore. You uh, don't call me transphobic for ignoring what the community is telling me overwhelmingly, yeah. and like it gets me back to a conversation I've had with other people uh, a lot over the years, which is allyship is not a label you get to self-label with. No, allyship is not a thing you are; it is a thing you do. Yes, like allyship is an act that you perform, and oh, an ongoing act. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's allyship is doing acts of solidarity for the community uh you know in, in line with the desires of the community you are trying to ally with even when the community aren't watching and in fact especially when the community aren't watching yeah. yep you know it's 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 one of these things where i see a lot of people like trotting out the i i'm not i don't think i'm actively transphobic for example therefore i'm a trans ally you know if if someone asked me should trans people have less rights or more rights i'd say more rights so I've decided I'm an ally. So if I, I, you... all those times I, I retweeted or quote tweeted to dunk on on uh, on, a, on yeah. a transphobe, that's that's me being yeah. an ally. So so I get you to know, play the wizard game. I, I get to play the wizard game, and like you know, you, yeah. you can't you can't say that I'm making a choice that hurts the trans community because I'm an ally. I've decided. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, even if bullshit. the even if the trans community in very large numbers right now is telling me that what I am doing is not an act of allyship. I've said I'm an ally, though. Yeah, well, you know, what is, is what more could we ask apart yeah. from you know the right thing? Exactly, but like, look, if if you're ever someone who is tempted to call yourself an ally for a community you are not a part of, yeah. just stop and think. Because if you're going to label yourself an ally, that's a, what what that ultimately is is you want to pat yourself on the back for the things you do for that community. Yeah, that's not up to you to do. No, like you you don't get to decide you have earned. A good a gold star for how you treat that community. No, you have to keep doing the right thing, and have that community decide that you are consistently doing the right thing. Yeah, on an ongoing basis, and you know, uh, ally is a label that can be taken away at any time if you start doing shitty stuff. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, you know, uh, just. Yeah. 
you know, if, if you stop doing it just because it's hard, just because it becomes suddenly inconvenient for you, then you are not what you claim to be. Yeah. Oh, fancy out, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh. Ah, oh, good one, mate. Good one, right. Yeah. Right, I think we'll pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura, <gasps> the time is coming. Time is imminent. Time is imminent. Time is Im- imminent. Lim- We've done a book. Yeah. Patreon, uh, Patreon backers, uh, uh, Unbound supporters have already had their e- EPUB. Yeah. Their e-books. And in the coming days, physical copies will be showing up and... By definitely before next week and week's episode goes up, the book will just be out. Yeah, this is the last episode we're doing before the book is like out in the wild. Yeah, who yeah. wants the whale? Who wants the whale? It's a book. We that. made that. Unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah, it's available at all good bookshops and even the big evil one. But you know, there's other places too. Indeed. But yeah, we're 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 it's out there. It's it's a satire yeah. about the video game industry and definitely not. Yeah. Uh, as one review said, definitely not about uh, yeah. any <laughs> any big video game company names you could mention. Mm. We certainly wouldn't mention them. Mm. Oh. I don't know why we didn't think about that. Well, I mean, look, the, the the opening page says that all similarities are purely coincidental. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to leave a review, uh, you know, talking about how much you love the book and <laughs> how much it's definitely a satire that is purely coincidentally tangentially related to real world things, hey, Go on Goodreads, drop us a rating, that really helps. Yeah. But yeah, who wants the whale? It's 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 out. People have started reading it. Soon we shall, we shall know. Soon. It's good. It's good. I'm That's I'm good. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Where, where else can people find other things that you have? Ah me, I I'm at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Just type in Laura K Buzz, you'll find me. That's where I'm at. at there stuff. you are. I see, I see yeah. you right there. Yeah. Very, very soon season ten of Dice Funk will be starting, oh, in which I am a player for half of the episodes and a DM for half of the episodes. Look forward to the exciting adventures of me trying to tell a story. With another DM sort of in tandem. Mm. Oh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time. Well, that DM is also a player. Yes. And and also a chaotic little goblin. It's, it's, I remember, I, I remember Anne. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this much. It's been really fun coming up with characters and then having the other DM use those characters. I'm like, I made that and now you're using that. Look oh, at yeah. us go. Oh, the tandem yeah. storytelling. Yay. Yeah, see, I'm learning that. I like te- I like telling stories with another person. I did, did Who Hunts the World with you? Did season yeah. ten of Dice Funk with Austin? I'm the yeah. collaborative storyteller. What about you? Where are you on the internet? Where am I? Well, I've got a link tree. Linktr.ee slash Janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music I made. I make under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can find the t-shirts I've designed. There's loads of fun ones. There's even a Queer and Pleasant Strangers one. There's a bunch of other stuff. Most importantly, you can support me at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. That helps me pay my bills and and justify my life decisions. My poor, poor life decisions. I think that's pretty much everything, Laura. (gasps) Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. (laughs) 